0: Good morning once again. It's not a crime to greet you twice. Amen. I trust we all had a blessed week. Uh, Even if your week was not blessed, I believe that you enjoyed the mercies of God. How do I know that? Because you are alive. We are only kept alive by his mercies. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. We really want to thank God that... um, He's taking us through the second phase or half of 2022. Uh, The the, the days are running quick. So soon we are in the 10th day of the 7th month of 2022. Time is running. Uh, This morning I just woke up and I had appreciation. And uh, my appreciation was God has seen us through six months. To me, that's a big deal. Uh, I'm not not here because I'm careful. I'm not here because I take vitamins. I'm not here because I go for medical (laughs) checkup. No, I'm only here because I'm kept by the mercies of God. And for me, because I know that, I will deflect all praise to him. Look, I've seen people who are very healthy. They woke up and then something is wrong with their body. Just like that. And what what makes them better than me? Or what makes me better than them? I don't know nothing. It's just the grace of God. So I just want to spend the next six months just being thankful to God. Amen. What a blessing. We also want to thank God for our 14-day prayer and fasting. Uh, I want you to be encouraged. Know that after our 14-day prayer and fasting, we have entered into a season of answered prayers. And let me tell you something. God wants to answer our prayers so that our joy will be full. Scripture says that. And when we do the book of John series, you will see that there. God is happy. God is glad when his children receive answers to their prayers because their joy will be full. So be very encouraged. We have entered into a season of answer prayers. Every prayer that we have prayed or traveled and labored during the past 14 days with fasting accompanying God has heard our prayers. We've entered into a season of answer prayers. You say to yourself that I have entered into a season of answer prayers. I believe strongly that whatever I have prayed for, whatever I have prayed about or prayed on, God is going to answer speedily. That my joy will be full amen the third thing i want to be thankful for is uh last week we had the opportunity to uh, be in connecticut with pastor robert and minister lily as the church was officially inaugurated and what a joy we're just happy and uh, we are we we are just uh, over the moon we are happy for them Uh, to me it also means growth and expansion amen so we thank god Pastor Roberts and Minister Lily are no strangers us. So they served here they were faithful, they were loyal, they were powerful people. God used them mightily in their own capacity and they availed themselves of every gift and I believe that God has seen a fit to promote them, and we have to rejoice amen even though they are not here i i i I, our i admit I really feel their absence but It's all good, amen. It's all good. We thank God for what God is doing there, amen. So we bless God for expansion, amen. So Pastor Robert every now and then, I believe that we will be seeing him. He will be coming here to come and minister because he's still part of the family, amen. But for now, please church, always remember Pastor Robert and Minister Lily in your prayers as God is using them to spearhead the Connecticut mission. Amen. And please, if you have friends in Connecticut, relatives, loved ones, know anybody, please, I want you to recommend ICC to them. Uh, You know Pastor Robert yourself. I don't need to give you an epistle. You know Pastor Robert, you know Minister Lily. They are good people. They are godly people. They are lovely people. And most importantly, they are also our friends. Okay, we love them and we want the best for them for them to do well and to go out to represent God and and whatever God has gifted them for the society in where they are planted. Amen. Okay, who is ready for God's word this morning? Um, This morning, I'm going to preach a message in the form of a question. And I'm talking on what I've entitled, Has God Spoken? Has God Spoken? The last time I preached... Uh, I've even forgotten the last time, of course, it's been so long. so about three weeks ago or so. I, I, I spoke to you guys about the Holy Spirit is a speaking spirit. And we emphasized some truths that the Holy Spirit does speak. Okay, he's not a mute. The Holy Spirit is not silent. The Holy Spirit is very expressive. I don't even want to use the word loud, but the Holy Spirit is... Action, he's an actionable personality, he's not an it, he's not a force, he's a person, he's real, he speaks, he desires communion and communication. And through that message, we learned about six communication channels, amen, by which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we realise that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the written word of God, the Bible. So when you're a Christian, you have to read the Bible. Reading the Bible, is the Holy Spirit speaking to you because he's the author of the book. you know that whenever you take a book to read, you are fellowshipping with the author? Likewise, when you take the Bible to read, you are fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. It is the main way as a born-again Christian that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. Amen. The second way by which we say he speaks is by our, our inner witness. Or by our born-again spirits. The Holy Spirit speaks. Sometimes He drops thoughts. Sometimes we, we perceive. Sometimes our, our peace can be uh, disturbed or, or quietened, Whichever way need be, the Holy Spirit speaks to us by in our inner voice. so you have to pay attention to that. There is a scripture in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. It says that the spirit of the man is the candle of the Lord. So when you're a born-again believer, one of the ways the Holy Spirit will speak to you, will impress upon your heart, will drop thoughts into your heart, is by your born-again spirit. So he speaks through that. Number three, we realize that the Holy Spirit also speaks to us through men of God. All right? And we we learned that scripture in First in Peter chapter 2, which says that holy men of God, they did not speak until they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So, Sometimes you need to be in a good church. That's very important. I qualify the church. You need to be in a good church where God speaks through the pastor to you. It's one of the best ways by which you can hear from God. Personally, I have received many spiritual directives, instructions, advice, counsel, and guidance just by listening to preaching. Even right here in this assembly. So sometimes you might not really hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, but he might speak to you remotely. That's through somebody else. Amen. We gave scriptures for that. And then number four, we said that the Holy Spirit speaks to us through a vision. Number five, he speaks to us through dreams. And number six, he speaks to us through prophecies. Amen. But now here lies the question, Pastor, I've heard the Holy Spirit speaks through all these communication channels, but how will I know? This is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and that's that's a question that really needs to be answered, Amen. Because it's not every dream that is the Holy Spirit speaking to you, not every prophetic utterance that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and it's, and, and and may I say that sometimes it's not every part of the Bible that you might read, that you might even take the instructions, that might even be the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's a deep statement. Don't just look at it casual. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't speak to us through the Bible. He does. But what I'm saying is that it's not every part of the Bible that you can take and then you can conclude that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you through that portion. He might not. So sometimes we need to be able to know how to be sure that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Because there are many Christians who have become too deep, so spooky, so weird, you know, and they would like to attribute voices and certain directions to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not like that. that let me tell you, when you follow the Holy Spirit, He doesn't make you schizophrenic, okay? He doesn't make you schizophrenic. Your mind, you'll still have your rational thoughts you can think you 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 can you can um think lucidly and you can analyze and you can reason intelligently there are some people when they say holy spirit it means uh, no reason and that is really not true even so we need to know from scriptures how does the holy spirit speak how will i know that this is the holy spirit speaking so this is what I really want to preach. I feel like I want to use this to tie up every loose ends I may have preached two or three weeks ago. Amen. So let's open to the scripture. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. I'm reading this in there. AMPC, Amplified Classic. Beloved, do not put faith in every spirit. Okay, so mind you, there is not only the Holy Spirit. There are spirits. And the Bible is admonishing us this morning. Admonish means to warn. It's warning us, don't put your faith or your trust in every spirit. Because it's not every spirit that is of God. The person might tell you, the spirit told me, but we have to make sure that the spirit is godly or ungodly. Let's read on. But prove. Test the spirits. When you're a Christian, there is nothing wrong to prove. There is nothing wrong to test. There is nothing wrong to put things under scrutiny. There is nothing wrong to investigate things. There is nothing wrong to analyze things. You see, if Christians took this very studiously, false prophets, false teachers would be out of business. And sometimes the reason why there is so much deception in the church is because pastors have the feeling that, oh, these members are lazy. They will not even investigate They are awarded by our expression. They are awarded by our brilliance and our oratory skills. But they are not really going to such it. I'm telling you, there are people who think like that and they will keep on deceiving you. But when people get to know that these are not just Christians, but they are studious Christians who will put you to test. And when they are putting you to test, they put you to test by the word of God. They put you to test by the Holy Spirit in them. And then they will ask questions. The Bible admonishes us to do that. Prove, test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God. So if you're a believer, before someone tells you something, you have to prove, test, and know whether they proceed from God before you conclude that the Lord has spoken. Not every prophecy is prophetic. Not every word is a rhema word from God. You have to be able to prove. You have to be able to discover. You have to be able to test and investigate. And look at what the warning John is given to us. For many false prophets have gone forth into the world. And that's why we need to test. Amen. So now, based on this, I really want to talk about some safeguards. That will help us to know the realness of, okay, this is God speaking to me. I understand that God speaks through a man of God. I understand that God speaks through the word of God. I understand that God speaks through visions, dreams, prophecies. I understand that God speaks through my born-again spirits. But how will I know this is God? I want to give you four safeguards. Number one. It lines up with the written word of God. That is why I say that for you to know that God has spoken to you, you have to read your Bible. Because if you don't read your Bible, and if you don't know your Bible, how will you know this thought is in line with the word of God or not? Because you don't read it in the first place. There is a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which talks about the weapons of our warfare. And it says that it's not carnal, but it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exhorts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, my question to you, if you don't read the Bible, where you will know the knowledge of God. How will you know this thought is for the knowledge of God or against the knowledge of God? Are you understanding me? So you need to read the Bible. I've never watched a Harry Potter movie before. So you can tell me anything about Harry Potter, I'll believe you. But maybe I might also have watched some movies before. And if you are telling me, I'll be like, No, I remember I've also watched this. The the scene didn't play out this way. Do, Do you understand? So you need to be in know of the Bible to understand the knowledge of God so that when you receive a thought, you will be able to, according to 1 John chapter 4, prove that, okay, this thought that I'm receiving is a thought that is for the knowledge of God because Scripture backs it. This thought that I'm receiving, I can disprove this thought Why? Because it's against the knowledge of God. And why can you confidently say that? You can confidently say that because you are schooled in the word of God. So when you say that God has spoken, it has to line up with the written word. If it doesn't line up with the written word, God hasn't spoken. There's a scripture that I like. It's in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20. And Isaiah was talking about certain people. He says to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. So be careful of people who like to give you high sounding phrases, high sounding thoughts. Is it in line with God's word? Because the Bible says if it's not in line with God's word, no matter how clever sounding, no matter how intelligent it might seem, the Bible lets us know that if they do not speak according to the word of God, if the word of God does not become the base of their counsel, of their advice to you, it is because they have no light in them. So we should be careful. Amen. So it lines up with the written word of God. That is why when you become a Christian, it is very important to read the word of God. Unfortunately, when many people become Christians, they follow after different things. They follow after miracles, follow after breakthroughs, follow after testimonies, follow after sensation. They follow after everything. They even follow after music. But the word And then they are found deficient and they are found lacking. And people like this, they are so susceptible to deception and falsehood. When we say that God has spoken to me, when you say that the Holy Spirit has impressed a thought upon me, we have to make sure that it lines up with the written word of God. Amen. All right, let's look at the second one. Number two. How do you know God has spoken? It requires faith to obey God. I'm telling you, when you have a thought, when you have an impression, and when you can easily rationalize it, intelligently intelligently reason it out, may I submit to you that you've not heard from God. Straightforward. Because let me tell you something about God. Anytime God speaks to you, it's going to take an element of faith to obey him. And one of the ways you know that the devil also speaks to you is that when you have fear, when you are gripped with so much fear, that is not God talking. Because when God speaks God speaks and then he injects into you faith, which creates your atmosphere. That's why the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. When you become a Christian, faith is the A to Z of your Christian life. The A to Z of your Christian existence. The bane of your Christian existence hangs around the element of faith. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. So whenever God speaks to you, whenever God commands you to do something, whenever you have an impression upon your heart, and when you realize you don't have that natural ability, but all that you have to do is to rely on God, that means you've heard from God. If it is fear, you've not heard from God because God doesn't give the spirit of fear if you can intelligently rationalize it, if you can give the A to Z of answers, that might not be God. That might might probably be the product of your analytical thinking. But anything that God says is going to require faith. Even in my own personal life, there are some things I've done that has taken faith. For example, entering the ministry. Oh my God, it took faith. Not rationalization. Because I, I wanted to prove to God a million and, and, and a thousand excuses that I wasn't ready for ministry. It, 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 because I, I had to now forget about rationalizing and then trust God and then take a leap of faith. Starting a church in United Kingdom... It took a lot of faith. I remember when I had the impression that God wanted me to start a church in London, in, in UK, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do this. I've never done this before. I've never done this before. I've never done this before. And I, I do remember one time our Deputy General overseer, who is in Texas, Bishop Sian, he called me out of the blue. And Like I said, the Holy Spirit speaks to us sometimes through a man of God. And he spoke to me that he was praying for me and the Lord is telling him that I am hesitant on taking a decision that he has told me to take. And I should go forward and take that decision now. And when I finished having that conversation with him, I remember for the first time I said to myself, okay, now I'm going to look for a place to meet. Straight away, I, I had faith in me. Like, no, I have to now go and look for a place to meet. I don't have any members. I had just 10 fingers. Those are the members, 10 fingers. I had no members, rented a place, knew nobody, believed God by faith, preached, witnessed, and today a church is in existence. Just last two weeks, our presiding bishop was preaching there. Just last two weeks. A church is in existence with members, pastors. But it all happened because of faith. So whatever God tells you, it's going to take faith. Even coming to America, it took a lot of faith. I didn't come to America because I intelligently rationalized it. No, it took a lot of faith. Because it's moving from the terrain of the familiar into the terrain of the unfamiliar. That's one of the fears of everybody in this world, to go into the terrain of unfamiliarity. How are you going to be? It's it's something. I mean, prior to coming here, I had visited Quite a number of times, you know, Mister Hayford, I remember I used to come to his place in Texas, chill with him. And I'd come a lot. But you know, coming on holidays and coming to stay—they are two different ball games. It's not the same. I mean, you can just come and spend one week and chill and go. But now, not coming to spend one week, but coming to live here entirely—it's—it's it's a different ball game. It, it took a lot of faith. What am I going to do? Live in a church? Living my work. Living my familiarity. Living my friends. These are friends I've grown up with. Uh, you leave everything. Coming to start all over. I'm like, who is going to be my friend? Apart from my wife, who is going to be my friend in Jersey? I don't know anybody in New Jersey. How are we going to be? What's going to happen? When we start church, who will come? Who will not? Come? Oh, the, I had a, a myriad of questions. But at the end of the day, it was faith. Even faith to even start a church. Now, coming to America, that's one heddle. Now, jumping the next heddle to starting a church. That's another heddle altogether. It, it took faith. So what I'm trying to say is that even in my own personal experiences, there are certain things that I have taken. It's faith. And that's how you know God has spoken. When you don't have the answers And when you are forced to rely and depend on God, you've heard from God. Because I can tell you, each and every time when I was faced with some of these decisions, I just had to rely on God. I couldn't rely on my smarts. I couldn't rely on my intelligence. I couldn't rely on connections. I couldn't rely on even goodwill. I just had to rely and depend solely on God. Because I'm like, it's God. If God doesn't come through, I don't know what else. And sometimes that is how you know God has spoken. When it requires faith, you know that God has spoken. I remember we used to meet in a very small place. And it was very comfortable. I liked it because it's cheap. It's comfortable. Even, anyway, it was even more of a dangerous place. But I, I overlooked all those things. A time came, I prayed, and then I had an impression that you have to move out. And I remember prior to that, my wife was always suggested, I think we should look for another place. And, and I'm like, no, let's stay here. Let's grow the church. Grow a sizable number. And then we move. That's the rational thing to do. But even in our smallness, I still felt God telling me, Move. And that took faith. Because it was against rationalization. It was against reasons. For example, I I saw no reason why we should move. Why are we moving? Why should we move? Lord, we have come here. We have not filled this small place. Why should we move? That's my question. Lord, this small place, we've not filled it. We've not filled it. Why should we move? But it was time to move. And I remember the first time when we went to the the church that lets us use their property, merely I stepped there, I felt the peace of God, and I knew this is it. Even though we hadn't filled our place up yet, I I felt that we are in the perfect will of God. And every turn of events that, that took place, made us really know that it was the hand of God. So you might be here. God may have told you some things. Some decisions may have dropped in your spirit. You may have had certain impressions. You may have had certain thoughts. And you you can't think your way through. You find yourself praying. That means it's God. Obey God and take that step of faith. Amen. Number three, I just talked about it. You will have peace. Peace is the biggest indicator as a Christian when it comes to God speaking to you. Don't joke with your peace. If you are a born-again believer, listen to me. Don't joke with your peace. Learn to listen to God. When God speaks to you, obey. If it disturbs your peace, pay particular attention to your peace. And if you do remember, three weeks ago when I preached about a speaking spirit, I talked about Paul, who went on a voyage. You see, if you should look at the natural indicators, everything pointed to a smooth sail. The ship was in perfect condition. The weather was good to sail. There was a helmsman. That means he's skilled. He can perhaps steer the ship. It's a captain. And on top of that too, there is a business. There's the, 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 the man, the owner of the ship. Because if the ship doesn't set sail, he also doesn't make his money. See, all these factors. But yet still, Paul says, he said, men, men and women... I perceive, you see, he spoke from his born against that this voyage will end in disaster. Do you know why Paul could say that? Because his peace was disturbed. And we have to learn as believers to rely on the peace of God in our hearts. If you go into a relationship and you sense that your peace is disturbed, pay attention. Maybe you are looking for another job. They said, oh, we're going to pay you twice as much. Maybe here you are making 70000 a year, but here you are going to be making 84000 a year. More money. That's $14,000 more. More money. Within some few months, we will promote you. But, you, you know, even though you might be at your 70000 job, and now you want to move to an $84,000 job, you, you don't sense the peace of God. 70, 80, 40. Did I say 12,000, 14,000 difference? I just remembered my math. But if, if, even though you, 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 you may even see the disparity of the pay skills, you may not be at peace. But sometimes Christians, we override that peace. And then when we take the job, we realize that it was a death trap. Follow your peace. Follow your peace. Someone may invite you, let's go to this party, let's go to this event, and you don't have peace about it, and you are a believer, follow your peace. Let me read this scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, amplified. If you don't remember anything today, if someone asks you, so what did you learn at church, let say, Pastor said, follow your peace. That's all. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, amplified. Let the peace of Christ. The inner calm who works daily with you, let him be the controlling factor in your hearts. Let him be the controlling factor. You say the peace of God should not just be a factor, but it should be the controlling factor. That means you can't exist, you can't operate without that. Controlling factor. The peace of God. When you read other scriptures, it says, let the the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts richly. That's what the Bible says. But if you read the Amplified, it says, it it shouldn't just dwell in you richly, but let this peace, let it be the controlling factor in your hearts. That means you can't do anything about it. So from today, if you want to know that, is it God speaking to me? Is it man speaking to me? Is it my own thoughts? Is it the voice of the devil? Check your heart. Do you have peace? If you are a born again believer, the Holy Spirit is going to cooperate with the disturbance or the quietness of your peace. Amen. Let's look at the last one. This is very important. You will have a witness. You will have a witness. Now, why do I say that? These three, normally good to go. It lines up with the written word. So from today, when you, when you sense a thought in your mind, when you perceive something, or when someone tells you something, don't just say, God has said. Please check it with the Bible. Where's my Bible? I have an iPad. I don't want to use the iPad. Check with your Bible. Let me use my hands. Check with your Bible. Okay, let me use my hands. Bible, my hands. Check with the Bible. And then you can decide that God has really spoken. Number two, it requires faith to obey God. If it weakens your intelligence, if it brings you to your knees to the point that I have to pray, It's God speaking, and you have to obey him, all right? If it's fear-induced, that's not God speaking to you, all right? Number three, peace. The presence or the absence of peace is a controlling factor to knowing that has God spoken? And then the last one, you will have a witness. So normally, these three, you are good to go. But the fourth one is also very important because when God wants to establish a word in your heart, he will sometimes give you a witness just to confirm it so that you'll be sure. Because prophetic words, you know, when God speaks, is prophetic. So when I'm talking about prophetic, don't think about a prophet. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit speaking that is prophetic. The word in itself receives a lot of attacks. Sometimes one of the things he receives is doubts. You become confused. You may have friends who might even want to discount what you may have heard to not to be true. And sometimes you can even gets well-meaning Christians. Okay? So, sometimes one of the people that the devil will use to discourage you from obeying the voice of God are well-meaning Christians, not unbelievers. Don't forget that. That nearly happened to Paul. If you read... Um, Acts chapter 21 verse 8 to 14. Very interesting story. Paul had already heard from the the Spirit of the Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord told him he should go to Jerusalem. When he goes to Jerusalem, he will suffer. He's not going to Jerusalem to prosper. He's actually going to Jerusalem to suffer. And and Paul believed that the Lord had spoken to him. But, you know, when he told his brethren, they all did not want him to go. These were Christian, well-meaning Christians. They all didn't want Paul to go. Why are you going to suffer? Why do you want to go to Jerusalem? It's not the will of God. God forbid. But the Bible lets us know that a prophet came by the name of Agabus in the midst of the confusion. He took Paul's belt. Strange man too, that Agabus guy. And tied himself with Paul's belt. And it says that to the person whom this belt belongs to, the Bible, the, the, the spirit of the Lord is telling me that the Jews in Jerusalem will bind this man and they will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Now, when Paul had this witness, he now became strengthened in his conviction to go to Jerusalem. You see, so that's why a witness is needed. So sometimes a witness is needed just to bring confirmation and establish the word that you have heard, that of a truth God has spoken. So sometimes that's why a witness will come in. Amen. Uh, so I, I do remember, like, when I was starting this branch, I had a witness. It's one of the reasons why I really worked in the strength of my conviction to do what I had to do. Even though I believe that God speaks to me, I believe that I'm a Christian. I've, I've built you know, fellowship to, to, to be able to know, okay, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. But it was also very comforting to me when I know not just one person, but more than one, also confirmed what God said. It, 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 it further strengthened my conviction to do what I'm doing without doubt. Amen. So we will end here. I pray that may these four safe guides be our guide in determining God's will and God's voice for our lives. Amen. And most importantly, being able to hear God's voice means you are a sheep of Christ. John ten twenty seven. Jesus said it, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep, they hear my voice and I know them. May you be counted among the flock of God because you don't just hear the voice of God, but you are able to decipher, distinguish, and know that truly this is the voice of God speaking. Not the voice of the devil, not the voice of man, or the voice of my own emotions or own thoughts, but I believe this is God who has spoken to me. Amen. Please listen to this message again. Pass this message on to somebody and let people know that we serve a speaking God. He wants to build relationship with us. But for us to build relationship, we also need these safeguards to be able to guide us, to be able to filter through all the voices so that of a truth we can hear what God is clearly saying to us. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. I've delivered your word to your people. I pray that your word will minister to your people, Lord, in their quiet times, in their times of meditation, in their times of contemplation. Father, I pray most of all that may we build a relationship, a solid relationship where we can hear from you. And Father, as we acquaint ourselves with you, deliver us from falsehood, deliver us from every form of deception in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.